We love to fellowship. My name is Chris. I'm one of the elders, pastor here at the church. Welcome if you're visiting with us today. We're very grateful to have you. And we obviously are very grateful for all of the international leaders we have with us, the teams uh, with Boy With The Ball around the world. Uh, very exciting things happening, launching in Ethiopia and Lebanon this year, um, then having the teams here from Costa Rica. Uh, good. <laughs> uh, and also Nigeria, Kenya, San Antonio, Boston. Um, and we miss, uh, we miss the team from Nicaragua. They could not get visas this year, so, but we're very grateful for them and the work they do. I want to make you aware, aware of a new ministry opportunity uh, for our church family. So um, for some time now, I've, my heart has been that we could have a ministry into uh, one of the assisted living homes in our area. And really, God has put it on Emmy Addison's heart. Emmy, are you there? Could you raise your hand? There, she's right over there. And uh, she has had uh, some connections with the Garden Plaza Assisted Living, which is not too far from us. It's just down there beyond, close to the Target Shopping Center. And so we are looking to form a team that could go and minister to those, uh, all those wonderful people that live there in that facility uh, on the third Sunday of every month at 3 p.m. It's easy, three and three. Third Sunday, 3 p.m. And so what we're looking for is for people that have a burden for that that could help with music potentially, but certainly um, those men that would feel comfortable in sharing a message uh, because of their age and their situation, uh, they probably were going to want to have men do that in that setting. However, Emmy's looking at doing a Bible study, and we'll see how the Lord leads us. But here's my point. Uh, we have a lot of capable people, but maybe you're not involved in something, and this speaks to your heart. And that's what you need to be following is what the Lord is leading you into. And so if you have a burden for this, I want you to be very intentional about getting with Emmy. So you can see her after the service. If you don't have her contact information, if you want to see me or someone else, we'll make sure that we can get it to you. So that's there, that group. Um, this morning, we are celebrating baptism, water baptism. And I'm going to take a few minutes and talk about the importance of baptism. And then we're going to see about 14 minutes of testimony by video of all of these that are being baptized. And it's going to be the bulk of the message. And trust me, it is powerful. Uh, the st stories of these that are walking in obedience today are just going to really bless you. And then we're going to lift that screen. There's a hole behind that. And uh, there's a tank with some water back there. And we're going to turn on a light so you can see us. And those eight people are going to walk in obedience following Jesus into baptism today. Water baptism is a life-altering event. For the early disciples, it often meant being pulled from your roots, disowned from your family, and oftentimes losing your livelihood, and sometimes all of the above. Um, it was like starting all over again, many times with far less than what you had to begin with. It was a huge commitment and sacrifice, maybe losing it all in order to follow Jesus. And it can still be that way in many places around the world, in many cultures around the world. But baptism also... Uh, baptism also meant, and still does today, that you have entered into a radically different kind of life. Not one of your own making, but his life in you. Jesus in us, the hope of glory. 
And it's more than a religious ritual or a tradition that you see people do at church. Walking into the waters of baptism is indicating that you belong to Jesus. It's your union with him. And a full embrace of all that he has done to save you by dying for your sins and rising for your justification. Now, on one hand, baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward reality. In fact, you could kind of liken it to the wedding ring of salvation. Um, it, the rings my wife and I wear don't make us married. The covenant we entered to, into, that's what makes us married. In the same way, baptism is an outward symbol of the covenant Jesus made with us and invites us into. But... On the other hand, and here's, a, here's the thing I want you to hear, we should not minimize the huge significance of water baptism. It's not just a symbolic gesture. It is a huge moment in which things change. I like how Charles Spurgeon put it. He said, my burial with Christ mean not only, means not only that he died for me, but that I died in him. So that my death with him needs a burial with him. I honestly believe that if more Christians better understood what's happening in baptism, we would have more victorious Christians. More people who were overcoming what they face in life because they understood what happened when they walked into those waters. The apostle Paul felt the same way. Here's what he said to some of the people that Look to him in the book of Romans. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For we have been united with him in a death like his or excuse me, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. He also said to the church, uh, the Colossian church, he said this, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. And I'm not gonna get into circumcision this morning. <laughs> Moving on. By putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And to the church in Galatia, he wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. What a declaration. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And one chapter later, he says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, crucified with him, buried with him in death, raised to walk in newness of life, in the powerful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. We are putting off the old man, the old self, the body of flesh, and we are putting on like a new garment, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you see how completely transformational this is?
how significant it is, what happens when we walk into the waters of baptism, indicating to the whole world, our family, friends, and all those who would watch, that we now are dead to ourselves and we are alive to Christ, putting off the old man and putting on Jesus. Spurgeon put it again like this. I love this quote. We declare in baptism that we believe in the death of Jesus and desire to partake in all of the merit of it. But there is a second equally important matter, and that is our realized union with Christ, which is set forth in baptism, not so much as a doctrine of our creed as, matter, as a matter of our experience. There is a manner of dying, of being buried, of rising, and of living in Christ, which must be displayed in each one of us if we are indeed members of the body of Christ. Our being united with him. Union with Christ, it's more than a doctrine. It's more than a belief. It's the way we experience being united with him every day of our lives, every moment of our living. It's not just believing and confessing, which those are important. It's walking out our union with him. And it is a glorious mystery that he is accomplishing in us as in faith we continue to follow him. It's a reality that being united with him in his death, in his burial, and in his being raised, that that baptism where we were immersed into water actually submerged us into Christ. And that's where we now live. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It also means we no longer live under the power of sin. Yes, we still struggle. Yes, we still have free will. Yes, we will still have to overcome sin. But the difference now is this, that now we have the power to defeat sin and to live as he has called us to because now it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been poured into our lives to convict us of sin when it happens, so that we, through forgiveness of sin, can move into a power place where we can overcome sin. Then we can truly walk out the scripture that says that we are to lay aside every sin that so easily entangles us and run the race with endurance that Christ has set before us. Today, we have eight wonderful people who have decided to follow Jesus. As the old hymn says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. They're following him today and I have had the privilege of listening to their stories as they share it with us. And many of us have had the privilege of walking alongside them, discipling and encouraging them in their journey with Jesus. A few of them have been walking with Jesus for quite a while, but now are feeling that they should make a public declaration of their life in him. But most of them have met Jesus in just the last few weeks or months, finding a full assurance that he died to save them and he lives as king of their heart. You're gonna to get to see a video with them testifying to God's goodness, his salvation, and his lordship in their life. I hope that you'll watch and rejoice with them because all of heaven rejoices.
No rock's going to cry in my place. And as you do, renew in your own heart the power of being united with Christ, crucified with him, buried with him in baptism, and yes, raised with him to walk in the newness of life. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Can you say amen? Amen. Now to those that are being baptized, the eight, and those that are being or doing the baptizing, I'm going to dismiss you now to go to the back room, and the rest of you will get to enjoy this amazing video of testimonies, and then you'll see us shortly. What it means to me to follow Jesus, um, it's feeling uh, someone has my back, that someone is there that loves me for who I am and for who I'm capable of being throughout school. I remember something that we learned about from this philosopher. His name is Peter Singer. He believes that we should help those who are suffering through poverty and hunger and thirst and to do so without sacrificing something of moral, of, of comparable moral significance. And um, when uh, that just came to me throughout the weeks of getting baptized, and like, Jesus did that for us when he sacrificed himself in a way that he sacrificed his life in comparing that to our sins and all that we are going through. And he sacrificed himself for that. And that, when that hit me, I was like, why shouldn't I follow him? When he did that, he sacrificed himself, which normally nowadays one wouldn't sacrifice themselves for others knowing that they wouldn't be able to do anything other than that. But that just hit me throughout the week. So that's why I went out to follow Jesus. What baptism means to me is in a way of burying my old self or promising to everyone who loves me, my family, my friends, people who believe in me, that I'll be burying my old self as I get in the water and um, coming anew, coming in a, following a path that Jesus has laid for me and walking side by side next to him and doing so with everyone knowing that I am following the path of Jesus. And if I were to not do that, they would remind me quickly that you promised this. This is something that you have to uphold. I want to be baptized because, for one, I've been experiencing the Holy Spirit through the means of like everything that I'm feeling, everything that's inside. And being baptized would finally get into my mind that this is happening even outside, even outside of myself. And in doing so, I would get in my mind that not only is this happening inside, but it's also happening in the outside. And the second part to that is that I would be taking away who I was previously, not who, like, who I am, because God made me who I am, but taking away everything that is irrelevant for what Jesus has for me and leaving that behind me. That's why I want to be baptized. Um, for me, following Jesus is being free from like pain and what has happened in the past in my life and being able to be who he made me to be and being 
not set back from like the victim mentality, but like being able to be true in what he's made me to be. I want to be baptized because I think most of my life I've been doing the believing in faith and not as much the experiencing in faith. And so I want to be baptized so that I can follow more closely in the Holy Spirit and like walk with him in life and what he wants me to do and like what he's called me to to do. Baptism for me means, like I said before, is getting rid of who I was before I had known him and started wanting to know him in a more intimate and sincere way. And so it's also a representation of like, well now my life is his and then I have a I'm blessed to have a community and a church to hold me accountable for that. Jesus actually saved my life. Getting to know Jesus changed everything the way that I was seeing things. I've been, I've, I've spent 25 years without knowing Jesus. I live in a life the way that I was. I was guiding my own life and now getting to know Jesus means that he's the one that is gonna guide my life. He's the one that is gonna control everything in my life. So it's letting him be part of every piece of my heart and every part of my life. I'm being submitted to him so that I can follow his way. I wanna be baptized because I recognize that Jesus died for me before. It means that I was crucified with him. It means that I'm gonna be born again into a new life, but it's gonna be a new life that I was living a life without Jesus and that I'm about to start a new life. There's gonna be a change of who I was before and who I'm gonna become now that Jesus is gonna be a part of it. Uh, what, it what it means to follow Jesus is that when you get baptized, you the old you dies and then the new you rises up in Christ. He's been telling me that I need to get baptized. And my dad, he's been praying with God and he has been deciding. And he told me to like go in my room and think about it and just spend some time with him. And I felt like, wow, it's just beautiful. I want to be baptized because God's been getting really close to me, and I feel like this would be like a good thing to do. Like he's been calling me over to getting baptized. You know, me following Jesus is just like, you know, being able to trust, you know, trust in him, you know, like not have to worry about anything. Just, you know, he has you no matter what. Like he can be going down, but no matter what, he's going to be there. You just got to have faith and just continue to keep going through whatever you're going through. I feel like I've been going through a lot of situations where he keeps putting me down until he's like, hey, you need to, I'm here, let me in, stop ignoring me, stop doing your thing. You know, it's like, it's time. And like, I guess situation that recently happened to me, you know, just, it really triggered where it got me to a point where I'm like, I can't, I can't stop denying you or denying myself Like I need to let you in my life because I can't do it without him, because clearly I can't if I'm redoing the same thing over and over. So, so when we were praying, you know, like I felt 
Like I told you, I felt like you were far from me and it was just me and him. It was weird, but you know, I got emotional too because just, I haven't, I felt that feeling before, but it was like, this one was stronger. It's like, he's like, you're getting closer, you know, you're getting closer and closer and you're trying and I could see it. And you know, I have people around me, you know, I got here to this church. I really love this church and it's just, it's a different, it's a different feeling and I'm not pushing it away. I really want it all. Like I want him in me, you know? Like he's just my savior. So I was baptized when I was young, but that's when I was like an infant. So I didn't know exactly what was going on, but you know, I'm at an age and point in time in life where I'm just like, I know what I want and I want to be reborn and be able to, you know, enter the case and be with him, you know? I feel like that's the only way you can do it. Cause if you can't, if you won't, you know, if you don't be baptized, you know, you can't be accepted until they'll do it the right way, you know? You'll be like halfway, not fully committed. And I feel like I'm ready for that. Baptism, as it is, I guess would be the submersion of water as the act, but in accepting Christ and the action of submerging in water and coming up, the physical announcement of, I not only accept you, but my life is dead and I'm alive in through you in that, that act. Um, and so really it's just a full commitment to the Lord. Like in the same way that you have a relationship in a ceremony of getting married, it's this ceremony of accepting the Lord. So the story of me and faith in my life and growing in, in relationship with Christ has, I grew up in the Catholic church and there was always faith there. Jesus was always there. Um, but it really took me a long time to see it as a two-way relationship. Growing up um, where there were a lot more rules, like I loved growing up in the Catholic Church, really. I was an altar server, very active. Um, but it was more like, this is God. You get to know Him and learn about Him, and then that's where things end. And then throughout my life, throughout high school, I had some pretty, like, we all have our, our things. But I felt like I really just continued to just keep running my life like it was my life to run and not seeing that God was constantly running next to me or walking next to me and more or less waiting for me to stop running away. Um, my family stopped going to church when I was, I don't know, sixth grade. And my best friend's dad was a Lutheran pastor. So I continued to go th to church most of my life and really probably not until high school youth group did someone say like, do you understand how Jesus loves you? And as I was driving home from that, I had to pull over because I was sobbing and I really didn't until I was there. And then I just, I knew that there was so much more than I had ever realized. So baptism has come up a couple of times. I was baptized as an infant in the Catholic church. Um, and so for a long time, like I didn't ever feel the need to be baptized again. That was something that had happened. And like the Lord was part of my life. Um, when Sam and I got married and became, before we became parents, um, but obviously we both wanted to be parents, there was a conversation at a um, home group at the Nortons, and Lee Munsell talked about being a warrior of God. And that was something that really, like, Lee did not, does not say a ton. So when he does, it's always just, like, rich. And I was like, that's what I want for my family. That's what I want for my kids to see, like to be a warrior. 
up to the Lord. And so when we had, um, we were pregnant and we were talking about Graham, we knew we would dedicate him, but we didn't plan to baptize him so that one day my prayer for him was that he would grow to fight for the Lord and accept him and then become a fighter with him and that warrior that we had talked about. And after wrestle as well, that was something that really stood out. And the more it came up, I was like, if this is something I want for them, why would I not also, one, live that, but want that for myself and really live that out in their lives and show them that this is something as a family that we're doing, but also like why I want it and why I want him and why I want him to walk with me and fight with me in my everyday life. So what it means to me to follow Jesus now, it's a complete surrender. And I had, I mean, I, there are pieces of my life that I would have surrendered, or we obviously did surrender, but then there were other pieces that I would hold on to. And I almost didn't even realize it. I was, you know, and, but then the Lord very clearly started to point out pieces of myself that I was not giving over to him. And all of that culminated in uh, the realization like I needed to die. Like it was very much uh, Jesus when talking about the Pharisees, I think was talking like their whitewashed tombs. On the outside, their lives looked nice. And I felt like my life looked nice on the outside, but then on the inside there's death and rot and decay. And, and I would see pride and jealousy and things that weren't of the Lord there in me. And I tried to not have it there. I tried to not be prideful, but as hard as I would try, pride would still be there. And came just one morning I was reading in Romans and it was so clear. It's stuff I have read for years. And then I was like, no, like you need to die. Like you were crucified in Christ and if you were crucified in, with him then you would be raised to life with him and so so following Jesus was no longer I can give him the parts of my life that I'm comfortable giving him it's you give him everything and which is very scary uh, I want to be a person I want my life to be his I I have tried to do certain pieces without him and it doesn't work and there are pieces of there were parts of my life that, just like internally, like I, like there would, there would be pride, there would be wandering mind where your thoughts would just go off into places that I didn't even want. Them. I wasn't trying to for my thoughts to go off there, but they were so going off there, and I kind of had just resigned to that's just the way that it's going to be. Eventually, you'll die and you'll get to heaven, and then things will be right. But until then, you're just going to have to deal with this. And there's, that's not the case. Like, he can come and make all things new. And like, you, there's, you can walk in newness of life. And so realize pieces of myself that I thought I would just always have to deal with, there's the hope that, no, that's not the case. Like, there's, those can be fixed, those can die, those can be laid down.
Greetings. Woo. Come on over. Don't be shy. <laughs> uh, I'm Wade. This is my son Isaiah. As you saw in the video, he uh, just felt like God's been pulling at his heart. And I, you know, as a dad, sure, you want your kids to get baptized, but I wanted it to be a decision that he made. And a few months ago, we talked about baptism in upper room. And I mean, every kid was like, I want to get baptized. And I didn't sugarcoat it. I said, when you get baptized, it's a sign of you dying. Okay, it's not you anymore. It's Christ. You live for him. It's a sign of what happens in your heart. And they were like, uh-huh. <laughs> so good for our kids and good for the parents who's been raising them. But I, I believe God's, you know, he's, uh, he's calling young people. He's calling them to a closer relationship. He's calling all of us to a closer relationship. And I asked Isaiah, I said, well, why, why do you want to get baptized? You know, and he kind of told me the Sunday school answer. And I said, but why do you want to get baptized? Why are you going up there? And he said, uh, because when I pray and I'm praying about it, God is like pulling at my heart. And so for Isaiah, this is him responding to God moving in his heart. And uh, I'm real proud of him. Do you want to say anything, son? And the last time, and I was like, well, God, are you sure? Because, you know, I want to do your will. And it felt like the Lord saying, it's his time. It's his time. So I don't understand it all. Anybody understand everything that God does? <laughs> but he knows enough that God's doing something. And he wants to respond to it. And I pray we, that's something we could all uh, hope to do. Amen? Amen? All right, well, let's get it done. Isaiah, do you believe in Jesus that he's God's only son? Yes. <laughs> hey, amen. Uh, and do you believe that he died for your sins and rose again? Yes. And that he gives you the Holy Spirit to live in you? Yes. And deposit guaranteeing your salvation? Yes. Well, as your response to the Lord pulling out your heart and him calling you on into a deeper relationship, with you, let this be a constant reminder that you follow and serve our Lord Christ. Isaiah Webster Addison, in the name of the Father. And the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you now. Yes. Jesus is my king. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is my king. I love it. soul came to us just a few months ago, and uh, she came up to me about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, and said, I want to be baptized. And we met in my office. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit was so rich and so thick there, and she accepted Jesus into her life, and the Holy Spirit just was all over her. 
And I'm just so grateful to see the power of God at work in her life and rejoicing that we get to, as a community, stand with her. Amen? Amen. We get to be her family. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, so if you'll stand this way. And if you'll put your hands here and then this one there. There you go. Grab my wrist. There you go. Yeah, all right. Marisol, because you have believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you have confessed him with your mouth, and you have committed your ways to denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. with you and to see the way that the Lord is um, going after your heart and I love you very much um, Tracy because you have believed with uh, your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord I baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is fun, isn't it? Anybody else want to join us? I'm serious. If you are, come on back here. We'll talk to you. Alana doesn't want to say anything else. Um, it's been a delight to have Sam and Alana join our community. And uh, I loved what she had to say about her boys. How if it's what she wanted for them, it's what she should want for herself. Isn't that beautiful? So they've been such a delight. And leaders in our church already serving in so many different ways. It's just a privilege to get to baptize her. Alana? Grab my wrist. There you go. Because you have believed... Uh, in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, because you have confessed him with your mouth and you have opted, chosen to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him, I baptize you now, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. for a long time. It's an honor to stand with them. Is there anything that you'd like to say, Sam? 
I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful also for everyone that's here. Like, it's a blessing to be able to be around people that I've walked with. My family, friends from different countries, the church community here. It's a good day. Love you, Sam. <laughs> Sam's tall, so if you guys would pray with me that he comes back. <laughs> Take one more step. He's trying not to hit his head. Right, Sam, because you have clearly believed in your heart and you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Anderson, why do you want to be baptized? Um, I, I want to be baptized because I want to, in a sense, like, and like this, like, this loss of my feeling, and also just to like follow him, and also to like lead my life and like in the life of Christ. That's great. That's wonderful, Anderson. You can assume position. Okay. <laughs> Anderson, because you have believed in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bye, guys. Anybody else? <laughs> going once, going twice. We always joke about how slow this is. Let's just enjoy it together. No, wasn't that great? Hold on. Praise God. That was good. Can I just leave it? Is it going to stop? Yeah, okay, good. It just keeps going. <laughs> James broke the screen. Um, that's amazing. So there are still a couple of things we're going to do this morning. One, you guys know Bill Connolly. Um, he went to the hospital earlier this week with some severe stomach pain. Um, and I'm not the person to try to explain everything that's going on. 
because I'm not good with medical terms and things, and I don't want to like say the wrong thing, and then y'all are what? Um, but he he's stable. He had some. There's just some internal issues. They're trying to figure out. Um, and he was scheduled for an MRI today or tomorrow, and then miraculously they had a spot open up earlier this morning. So he went for the MRI this morning, and they're awaiting results, and they said they will let us know when they hear more. But we want to stand with them and pray for them this morning. So if you would, join me. God, we thank you for your servants, Bill and Nancy Connolly, and for their example of how to follow you for a lifetime decades, and for the way that their hearts are to serve others and to be a light to the people around them and to respond to what you're saying to them. Lord, we pray that your presence would be with them right now in the hospital, that they wouldn't be able to get away from you. Your nearness would just be so evident. There would be comfort, peace in their hearts in their families' hearts. And Lord, we pray for healing. We pray that you would restore him, that you would take care of any of the issues that are going on. Heal his body. Thank you that you are a God who heals. It's in your word. We've seen it here with our own eyes. Pray that you would heal him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and then you may think I'm being a copycat, but watch this. My wife is going to come up and join me up here. (laughs) No, really, she is. Uh, We're going to receive communion this morning. Uh, And first, what we're going to do is pray for the elements. That is the bread and the wine or the blood. Um, and then we're going to have those who are going to serve communion come up in just a minute. But first, let's pray. Jesus, you said that unless we eat your flesh and drink your blood, we don't have real life. And that was shocking to your disciples back then, and it's still shocking today that you would come fully God and fully man and that you would give yourselves, give yourself to us. We want your life. So I pray that you would help us today to receive your body, to feed on you so that we can live the way you do. In Jesus' name. And we thank you for your blood, because your word says, without blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. But we don't have to worry about sacrificing goats and calves because of what Jesus did, came and laid his life down and provided a way for us back to the Father. And we are so grateful. And we pray that this morning, we would remember what you did and how you made a way. And our hearts will be open to receiving from you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Can we all stand together? What a wonderfully full and glorious morning. Amen. In C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, he says the Christian life is something more than a mental acknowledgement or a moral action. It is not just thinking about Christ or copying Christ, but it means that Christ is actually operating in us. He says there are three main ways that we gain or cultivate the Christ life. Baptism, which we did today, belief, and communion with God and with his family. Yes, there are lots of other ways. But what struck me in that is that we are gaining and cultivating the Christ life. Every part of the service today was an opportunity yes. to step into what he's doing. That's right. Not just in your life or even in the life of our community, but in the lives of the people we are praying for, we're being sent to, we're loving, we're serving, we're caring for. Yeah. And so if you didn't make all those connections while those things were happening, you have not missed your chance. You did believe you participated in baptism today, whether you baptized or not, and we've communed. Mm -hmm. And so you have received something from the Lord today. His life in you has been activated. And when we pray together to close our service today, I'm praying that that activation carries us out, that we have tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. And when we go out, that is what we are handing out. Amen. That is what we are offering. Yes. Amen. Would you pray with us? Father, our hearts are overflowing with rejoicing over the bigness of you and the amazing, wonderful way that you love us. Today has just been a lavish display of your goodness and your power and your desire for us. I don't even know how to respond to all of that. But we receive you and the love that you've poured out. And I pray, God, that you will send us out full to the brim with what you've done. That we could not contain it, but that it would flow out of our lives in every encounter, in our words, in our deeds, in our secret thought life you would be preeminent. Yes, Lord. Father, may your will be done in us and through us. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I pray a blessing upon us that we might be a blessing to those out there. May we go, Lord, living in your love that is extravagant, but also living lives of love to display and give to all those that we meet, encounter, that we live next to, that we work with, that we play with. Lord, help us to be your people of love. 
and to take what we have received and the internal reality of it and live it out with our feet and our hands and our eyes and our mouths and our arms to hug. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done today. Bless these that have walked in obedience to you and all of us, Lord, that we might be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You are dismissed.